One of them's got a face for radio, and the other is blind as a bat. You be the judge of which is which. It's TM5, sponsored by Hannah Strawn Realty. Dan Marino should rot in hell. Nobody knows anything about brain. America! Who wants some Arnie Palmies? Everybody love everybody! Jesus, what happened to your face? Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Do you not realize I have had diarrhea since Easter's? Good morning, West Georgia, and welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is Thursday, August 24th, and Billy, we have some phenomenal, fantastic, delicious food days today. This may be the best one of the year. I was thinking that. As far as just everything all rolled into one, this may be the best day of the year. I think you're right, man. I think this is the best food day we've had all year. I think I think there was one time in like February where it was bacon day, but it, there was also something good with the bacon. But off the top of my head, I cannot think of a better food day that we've had all year. This food day is awesome. Uh, so we're, oh. fir- we're first going to start off National Waffle Day. Obviously, waffles are better than pancakes. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Because, let's be real. With waffles, you've got little pockets that you can put syrup in. Bingo. Right there. Better. It's better than pancakes. Thousand, I yeah. love pancakes, but waffles are better. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Waffles are way better than pancakes. The the, the syrup pockets, what I like to do sometimes is, uh, is like divide up the pockets, like half butter, half syrup. That way, when you cut into a waffle, you get a little buttery, syrupy mix. Um, I mean, there, there's a reason why Waffle Houses are more popular than IHOPs. Like everybody, just waffles are better. They just are. Uh, I used to. We used I get to, made fun of. I get made fun of because every time I go to Waffle House, I have to pour syrup in every single square. If it's not in every single square, then I have to go back and make sure that it's in every single square. Who doesn't do that? Well, you know, there's some people that make fun of me, but, you know, now that I, I start thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense for the person that was making fun of me. I'm going to need you to name Ooh. names out here if, if we can no. on the people making fun of you for, for doing that. That's ridiculous. That's come on. Like, grow up. I think you and I both know who that person is, and it's I'm not going to name names. Uh, so that's ridiculous. That's I, 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 I that would make me physically angry for somebody making fun of me for putting syrup in every single pocket of a what do you think the pockets are there for i agree you think it's just a visual thing no they're there for syrup they're little syrup containers uh yeah big waffle fan in fact i gotta get another belgian waffle maker man ours broke uh about a year ago and i haven't i haven't Ooh. been able to make uh, homemade belgian waffles in a while i gotta i gotta pick up one of those i love homemade belgian waffles uh today is also national burger day who doesn't like a good burger i don't uh, yeah, if you don't look a good burger, you're probably. I would I would venture a guess to say everybody that listens to this dumb podcast every morning, big burger fans. Uh, yeah, yeah, burgers are the best. The biggest question is where do you get the best kind of burger? And you know, we used to Ooh, there question. used to be a burger joint down in Lagrange. Um, this I think, was when I, think I was Lagrange. Um, that was phenomenal had the best burgers um but that place no longer exists unfortunately um what happened to it? that was closed, closed down yeah that sucks yeah it was it was awesome it, it was one of those places Bryce, that like 
as college kids, we would go up and we would sit down at our table and the, the waitress would already have our drinks like right in front of us as soon as we sit down. Oh, you, you got to love places like that, dude. Those they're places like that are they're, amazing. They're great. And, and we didn't even have to order. Like she, she knew our order. So she already had the order put into the cook and it was the same cook. It was, it was the guy that owned it and it was, it was perfect. I think the best burger I've ever had, I think it has to be at Jerry's Gourmet Burgers up here in the Shell parking lot. The the uh, It's a trailer right across from Tanner and Villarica. It, okay. It's probably the best hamburger at a restaurant I've ever had. It's really good. It takes him a while to make it, um, but the taste on it and the way he makes it and everything, it's pretty, pretty good. Although the burger I had out at the Brick in Bremen, that was also very, very good. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big burger guy, like... It, we're, yeah. we're getting to the, the grilling season as well. I know a lot of people like to grill in the spring and summer. I'm more of a let's grill during football season type guy. So uh, we're getting we're getting close to the uh, to the burger, the burger days the of uh, football season. Uh, today is also. Yeah. All year round. Poor K. He says we can't grill all year round. I do. I do in the south. Um, I, I'm a big uh I'm I'm a big proponent of charcoal grilling as well. I'm not a huge fan of gas, although in the winter sometimes when I go out and grill and it's 20 degrees outside, I, I, I kind of wish I did have gra- uh, grass gas, uh, so it's a little bit quicker to grill. I don't have to stand out there in 20 degrees and freeze my butt off for hot dogs. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a big year-round grilling grill with charcoal type guy. Yeah, I don't use I'm propane with- and propane accessories. Sorry, Hank. Propane accessory. Oh, Bobby. Oh. <laughs> I love that show. Uh, Billy, today is also National Peach Pie Day. Yum. Yeah. Just yum. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm sure I've had a peach pie, but like, what's the difference between a peach pie and a peach cobbler, do you think? Because I know I've had a ton of peach cobbler. Uh, I mean... Pies and in a crust. Yeah. Cobbler has like a lace over it, maybe? Is that, I, I guess. Is that the difference? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, what I do know, though, is that the Braves, uh, the Braves beat the Mets last night 7 to nothing. take the series 2 to 1. Always nice when you can blank the Mets. Ozuna had an absolute monster night again last night, staying hot, going 3 for 4 with 4 RBIs. Von Grissom comes in, has a 2 RBI triple. Uh, Murph adds in another RBI as well. And Uncle Charlie, dude, have yourself a game, pal. Go go out there and have yourself a game. Seven innings pitched, two hits, one walk, and 11 Ks out of Uncle Charlie last night, man. What a game. You love to see it. His, I mean, we had the game on in the background uh, tonight. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> um, it was... He was hitting his spots, man, and it was it was good to see him hitting his spots. His curveball was it was dropping, like right on the edge. You know, if if your curveball is not, if it's missing the plates, they're not going to chase it. But his was missing right around the edge of the of the strike zone, and that was that was exactly what you needed to see out of the Charlie last night. And that's that's the the, the performance you can get out of Charlie Morphin, Morphin? Uh Charlie Morton from time to time like you know I've, I've always said in this podcast Charlie Morton probably lives around five innings pitched and three or four earned runs let me let me run you down 
what he's done in his last three performances. It seems like he's heating up at the right time. So, obviously, last night versus the Mets, seven innings, uh, no earned runs, 11 Ks, only two hits. Uh, against the Yankees last week, six innings, four hits, 10 Ks, no earned runs. Against the Mets before the Yankees on Friday, 8-11. Five innings pitched, three hits, zero earned runs, and four Ks. Now, he did have the seven walks in that in that game, which, which kind of sucks a little bit, but the zero earned runs is awesome. So you go back and look. His past three starts, he has he has averaged zero earned runs right now. <laughs> so what is that? Eighteen and five. So that's eighteen. Eighteen innings pitched, no earned runs, and so that's twenty. What four? Twenty five Ks. Yeah, twenty five Ks. Uh, and he's allowed nine hits in three starts. Good lord! Yeah, nine. He has a two. He has a two oh one ERA in the month of August, and right now on the season, he has a three thirty seven ERA, which is good for I believe seventh in the National League. Wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and once again, Charlie Morton gets a decision. He right now has a th- a thirteen and ten uh, record. He has pitched in twenty five games, and he has gotten a decision in twenty three of them. I, I still find that mind blowing. I know I know we don't like the win the win loss uh, the stat on this podcast, and I'm I'm a thousand percent with you on that. But I, I just think it's kind of crazy how often Charlie Morton comes away with a decision. Like you don't, I feel like you don't see that in baseball very often anymore. And the one thing that that tells me is Charlie, no matter what the game is doing, no matter what's going on in the game. Seems like he's going deep into games. He's pitching deep into games and uh, being eligible for the decision, which I think it's stupid that you can go uh, an inning and a third and be eligible for the loss, but you have to, what is it? You have to go four or five innings to be eligible for the win? Initially, yeah, for for a starter. You can go, and honestly, you can go a third of an inning and and be eligible for loss. So stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. I don't understand that. Uh, but yeah, Charlie Morton pulling out a gym last night, man. Great to see. Great to see uh, Uncle Charlie getting hot. Seems like he's getting hot at the right time for the Atlanta Braves. And our magic number, I believe, is down to twenty-four. I think. Uh, right there, yeah. Yeah, I think. I think we are down to twenty-three. Our magic number is uh, twenty-three. David Justice, old twenty-three. So, uh, real quick, uh, can we talk ish about Marcelo Zuna? again yeah sure or maybe we can do that tomorrow because uh yesterday we talked about we talked to ish about marcelo zuna and uh he did really well so maybe we should just continue to talk ish sure we can do that the rest of the season i'm fine with that yeah yeah because absolutely crap. He had a, he's not missing right now no he's not his his month of august has been uh insane we said that about marcel is like when he gets hot he, he gets he gets super hot i mean Right now, the month of August, he's hitting his slash numbers, uh, 336 average, 433 on base, uh, 688 slugging, and a 1.121 OPS. Uh, he's he's hit 18 RBI, six home runs, and the thing that I love to see is he has more home or uh, he has almost as many home runs or uh, as as strikeouts, which is great to see. Uh, not really, but that's that's what you kind of get with Solzo. He struck out 20 times in the month of August. Marcel Marcel either hits it over the fence or he strikes out usually. The broadcast was phenomenal too last night, so you gotta love it. 
Yeah, they had so, uh, they had all the oldies right in the booth. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh we canceled all of our um cable, so I don't get to watch the Braves anymore. I got I listen to them on the on Alexa. Uh, Braves or excuse me, Marcelo Zuna in March and April had 18 games, had an 80.085 batting average with one double, two home runs, two RBIs, and a .397 OPS. Yeah, so since May second. Good day. It's nine games. 291 average, 17 doubles, 25 bombs, 63 RBIs, and a 921 OPS. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. 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 That'll do. Yeah. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do. Yeah. So, Marcelo Zuna, you know, after, after that slow start, has gotten off uh, pretty hot. Hopefully, he continues it into the playoffs, man. Magic number sits at 23. Billy, tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Today's Thursday. Yep. Tomorrow. High school football. Friday night lights, baby. Week two, and uh, we have the lines coming out for the week two high school football games. Uh, all of them close, pretty much. All of them close. Uh, the first one, the big one, the Pickham game. Bremen. At- why, don't we do, why don't we do that later? Like, why don't we do Bremen, Harrison County, and Bowden Central last? Let's, okay. Let's do the other games first. All right. So the one that I think is a little low, uh, Carrollton versus South Paulding. And Carrollton right now is an 18-point favorite. Do you think that's a little low? Yes. But South Paulding's going to give up. Uh, South Paulding's going to give a fight. Um, but I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't know, man. That's that's tough. That's yeah. that's really really freaking tough. The, the other thing that's uh, really tough about these numbers is how they write them, the format that they put them in. I have never seen anyone put. Hey, to be fair, these are just their projections for points difference. Right, it's but they, not they put spread. right, right. But they put the favorite first, and then they put the number afterwards after the second team. I've never seen anybody write a line like that. I've always seen, so if Carrollton is an 18-point favorite, I've always seen it Carrollton minus 18 versus South Paulding. I've never seen it Carrollton versus South Paulding minus 18. Yeah. I've never seen it written like that. It just throws me off every time I see it. So, um, yeah, kind of odd having an even number two, but it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I I would go Carrollton and 18 here. I think they're probably going to win by three touchdowns over South Paulding. Uh, I think you're going to get a pissed-off Trojan team. Um, So, yeah, I would would take Carrollton to minus 18 here. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think they're going to cover that 18. They should, at least. Uh, Mount Zion is a two-touchdown favorite at Greenville. See, I agree with this. I, <laughs> Greenville, Greenville was... They, they lost to uh, Spencer, I think, week one. Yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Uh, Spencer's never really been that great. Um, they were good last year after looking them back up, but... Um, Spencer is more of a basketball school than they are a football school. So when you lose to Spencer, that that really qu- makes me question you. Um, I, I I didn't get a chance to sit down and talk with Brad last night and at all, which stinks. But um, I don't know. This I, I think they're gonna definitely gonna win, but I don't know if two touchdowns uh, is. 
is the number. That's that's sort of where I'm at too, man. I, I think Mount Zion's going to go up there and win, especially with uh, Kenny and Casey that are apparently going to be calling this from a deer stand in a tree uh, half a mile from the stadium. Uh, is, is what I've heard. Yeah, they lost to Spencer last week, 65 to 19. Did Greenville? Um, so I, the two touchdown. I don't know. I, I would. I would. I would still probably take care. Uh, still take Mount Zion at minus 14. I'm pretty sure they're going to win. If you just give me a straight up pick them, I'm going definitely Mount Zion over Greenville. Um, but I, th- I think I think Brad Gordon and company are going to put it together. They're going to go up to Greenville, and uh, I saw I would I would roll with Mount Zion at minus fourteen. Okay, uh, one of the pick'em games we have this week: Christian Heritage versus Temple. Christian Heritage is favored by one point. Christian Heritage minus one versus Temple. Give me the Temple Tigers. Yeah, I think we play in this. I think this is a get back game after last year. Um, Coach, like talking with Corey Nix last year after this game, he was so upset because he felt that they left so many points on the board last year. Um, And that was at home. Um, I, I think going up on the road, having your first true road test, and then also the way that things look after this week. I mean, that offense was clicking. The defense looked really good. Defense was flying Let's around, see. man. Popping, yeah. popping pads. Dude, I'd I love to see that. So let's, let's, I, I say Temple covers that easy, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, give me, give me Temple at plus one. Uh, I think, I think these Temple games early on in the season, uh, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with what's going on out in Temple and, and kind of how they're rolling and stuff. So Temple's probably not going to be favored in some games. They should be, uh, and they should be just because we sort of have intimate knowledge uh, about Temple. So yeah, give me give me Temple at plus one on that one. The next one that I'll be calling on Friday night, one that I, I have become increasingly worried about the closer we get to Friday night. Hebron Christian at Villarica. Hebron Christian is a three-point favorite in this game. Okay, so here's the thing. I think that line is perfect. I do too. But I think it's the opposite. I think Villarica wins by three. I do. Um, I think Villarica wins this game, and it it comes down to you know it, it may not they may not be kicking a field goal, but it may be you know Hero Christian trying to get in for a field goal um yeah i think i think villarica wins but i think the three-point spread is probably perfect i just don't think the the uh favorite is is the right one it's tough because i've seen hebron christian play this year already i saw him play chest chestity last week and they beat the bejesus out of chestity 70 to nothing it was 64 to nothing a half Chastity is terrible. Chastity is, is awful. Go watch the, the 70 to nothing is an impressive number, but go watch the game. Chastity is awful. Um, some of the worst tackling I've seen in a high school football game possibly ever. So Hebron Christian has, I think they said 17 transfers uh, this year. They have 17 kids that have transferred in. Lord. Yep. To play, to play football for them. Um, and, I think they said 13 of those transfers in uh, were kids that played at Buford but lost their spot to national kids that transferred into Buford to play. Uh, the the quarterback the quarterback at Hebron Christian was was an old Buford quarterback uh, that left had some disagreements with the offensive coordinator. 
Um, so they they got they got some good kids. They they have two defensive tackles that are D one defensive tackles. Um, it's I think it's going to be a tough night for the Villarica Wildcats offense. Our defense should feast. I think our defense will be completely fine. It's going to be a low scoring game. Billy, I think I'm with you. I could see like a 21 to 24 type game. Uh, Villarica winning it somewhere around there. I think the line is perfect at three. Villarica is a dog, a three point dog. So give me give me Villarica in the points and three point dog. Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, next one is the Pickham game of the week. Bremen at Harrelson County. Set is zero. It's a true Pickham. Bremen at Harrelson County. Zero true Pickham. Uh, no. No. Yeah. No. I think this line's pretty wrong. If in any world that Bremen is not favored in this game by at least two touchdowns, there's something wrong. I I I would go probably like if I if I was doing this, the spread for me would probably be fourteen and a half. Probably uh, yeah. fourteen and a half, thirteen and a half, somewhere around there. The only reason I would have gone ten and a half is because it is a rivalry game. Yep. Yeah. Hey, That's so so only... was heard, Bremen. I I know. That's my point. And look what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting because obviously Harrison County put up points against. Um, against Raven. Yeah, and I got I got a little bit more info on that. Apparently, a lot of the points were put up in the second half. Um, and from what I heard, it was when Raven County put in their JV players. Okay. Yeah, that is that is just secondhand reporting. I don't I'm not 100 sure. I didn't I haven't watched that game yet. Um, Harrelson County's offense looked okay against Villarica, though. I think they can move the ball okay. The the thing. The thing that they struggle with is if an offense can pass on Harrelson County. The pass defense was not great. Uh, so it'll be interesting. And Bremen's got a kid that can kick it from 75 yards away and make a field goal. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I I, mean, it's a, it's a pick. I'm picking Bremen. Um, and I would probably pick Bremen if the line was 13 and a half. I think that's, that, that's where it should sit. So, yeah, give me Bremen in this one. Yep, I agree. Uh, and the last one, the game of the week for TM5 and for Hometown Sports Media. It is the Central Lions playing host to the defending state champion, Bowden Red Devils. Central Lions are a three-point favorite. I understand the line. I disagree, but I understand it. That being said, I'm not going to go as far as someone else, but I... You don't think Bowden's going to win by three touchdowns? I have said this. I have said this out loud to multiple people, including Umbre last night. I don't see an instance where Central doesn't win by two. Two tutties. I I just don't. I'm with you. I'm with you. I watched the Central tape... I mean, did you watch it? I did. Yeah, I watched the central tape. Um, I don't. And I, I, I don't know how much you can take away from that tape with J.R. Harris. Um, this is going to sound weird, but you just didn't see much because he didn't have to show you much in that game. So uh, you could see he was talented. Like 129. Do what? He was six for six for 129 yards. Yeah, like six for six. Like, what are you going to see in that? Like, you just—he wasn't really tested. I mean, every single pass he had was right on point. I'm not—I'm not saying he didn't play well. He played phenomenal, but it was against an inferior opponent, and he was never tested. So, I—I I, I don't. 
I don't know how how much Bowden's gonna. I, I there there's a. I, I watched that Bowden versus Manchester game too, and there was a lot Bowden did wrong. Man, they left a lot of meat on the bone down there in Manchester. Um, and that offense that offense is not clicking yet. It it is not clicking, and I think it's gonna take probably the better half of this season to get that offense rolling. I don't think it's gonna be one of those things where you're all of a sudden going to flip a switch in, in week two or week three and that offense is going to start rolling. I think it's going to be a long process to get that offense flowing like it was last year. Um, and who knows? It might not get back to where it was last year, but I, I think the Central Lions are better. Pre- the Central Lions looked like they were in midseason form in week one, yeah. and, and the Bowden Red Devils looked like they were a week one team, and that's fine if, if, if that's what it is. And um, So, yeah, Central's favored by three here. I would I would set this line probably somewhere same thing as Bremen Harrelson County. Give me give me somewhere between a ten and a half and a thirteen and a half, and I'm still taking Central. Yep, yep, yeah. So here's my biggest takeaway yep. looking at this: Bowden's defense was flying around, believe it or not. I mean, I know they gave up 21 points, but I think Bowden's defense was by far the best unit on the field um, on Friday. I agree. Yeah, this past Friday. Um, the thing that I'm kind of curious about Central looks good in pass pro, but when it was the run protection, it was kind of weird. And talked with Umbre about it last night. He he basically said it was just it was the eyes on where the uh, lineman's eyes were that was the issue. Um, so that's my only thing is the is the defense defense versus central's offensive line can they protect jr um i think central's defense is going to fly and i mean fly like the eagles fly eagles fly on the road to victory i know there's going to be some juice um there is a lot of social media fodder right now oh oh is there Oh, a lot. A little, ba- little back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've seen some I Facebook can... and Instagram activity between the uh, between the two schools, dude. I can assure you, uh, the Lions are noticing, and it's it's mostly coming from Bowden. <laughs> it, that's uh, it's one way street, and all I've seen is the Bowden folks talking. I haven't seen yeah. a lot of I haven't seen a lot of response from Central. No, and I think a lot of the, and I talked with Umbre about that last night. He said the kids, the kids are seeing it. He goes, but they're they're not saying anything. How many of those <laughs> posts have been printed out and put in the locker room for Central? He said they have folders of them. <laughs> folders. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, let's get to, uh, we've got one final segment before we get to our uh, Marine South scoreboard. Let's get to that. It's uh, Let's talk about our Georgia report. The dogs. Uh, let's do a little dog report, baby. Last, uh, yesterday, we got word that Branson Robinson was has a ruptured tendon and will be out for the year. I think this is a huge loss I for, agree. for Georgia. Yeah. I mean, a huge loss. Um. They were going to be leaning on Robinson this year a lot, um, so it, this is this is massive. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, they, they might only win by uh, seven touchdowns this, the next weekend instead of eight. Yeah, uh, when you hear about uh, when you hear Rusty Manziel, oh, you know, this is a, a massive loss. Uh, you take notice. 
Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and every everybody I've I've heard outside of the Georgia coaching staff, essentially the Georgia circle, has said this is a huge loss. But every everything that I've heard inside coming out of Georgia quarter or Georgia coaches is that it's a it's a loss, but it's not going to change anything they do on offense. It's not going to be a huge loss. So I'm like, well, wait a second, how can it be both? <laughs> but I think I'm with you. I think it's I think it's a very very big loss. He was he was a massive part of the depth that they're going to have at backfield this year. Uh, with Juan Edwards and um, Kendall Milton coming back. I think uh, Branson Robinson was going to feature heavily in the backfield. So, yeah, big loss, and you hate to see it. Uh, it wouldn't have happened if he didn't practice on turf. In <laughs> uh, news that surprises no one, uh, Carson Beck has been named the starter. Yep. Yep. Um, um, yeah. A funny story that I heard yesterday about Carson Beck. You remember when JT Daniels got hurt? And it was a battle between Carson Beck and uh, Stetson Bennett to see who was going to start that next week. Yeah, Car- I remember that. Carson Beck was the number two quarterback all week leading up into the game. And he admitted himself he didn't prepare well enough on tape. Like his tape preparation didn't, he didn't prepare well enough. Uh, behind, and, and Stetson did. And that's why Stetson got the quarterback position in uh Kind of, kind of funny to see. I wonder, I wonder what Georgia would have done with Carson Beck at quarterback back then, as opposed to Stetson Bennett, who was a back-to-back national championship winning quarterback. So, um, yeah, kind of. It, it's time for. I, I think Carson Beck should be celebrated in today's day and age. Carson Beck came into Georgia, a very talented, uh, filled quarterback room, has taken his lumps, has sit, has sat and waited patiently for his turn to shine. But he very easily could have gone anywhere else uh in the country his past two years and gone and start but he's he's sat in that quarterback room he's learned he's developed and it it, now it's time it's now it's his time to shine and i I really think we should be celebrating kids like gunner stock or gunner stockton uh carson beck in in college football in this day and age in the day and age of the transfer portal and and, uh, instant gratification the fact that he has stayed there and worked and moved up and now it's his time to shine i'm gonna be cheering for Carson Beck. I'm a big Carson Beck fan just because of his maturation into the starting quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I agree with that. It's everything you want. You want somebody to, to sit there and compete and not transfer and say, well, I lost the job. I need to go somewhere else that I can have a job. Yeah. No. Yeah. Fight for it. I hate that. I hate that new way of thinking. A lot of chatter coming out around practice about Amarius Mims. Uh, people are very impressed with him. I mean, basically, Georgia's got the best offensive line in football. That's what I've heard, um, man. I've heard it from uh, Rusty Shackelford. Uh, I've heard it from you know all the big recruiters, ESPN. Uh, uh, Mims is probably going to be the number one offensive lineman in college football this year. Kid is huge. He's like he's like six eight, six nine. I think like three eighty. Uh, can move around really good. I don't think he's three eighty, but he's he's pretty big. Um, and he's at the end of the year, he's gonna he'll probably whatever the offensive lineman award is i forget what it is because they have goofy names in college uh i wouldn't be shocked if mims is holding that at the end of the year javon bullard has been moved back to safety and 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 kirby is saying that people are making too big of a deal of it because he was recruited as a safety out of high school so he's played it it's it's not that big of a deal um but that has been made the that bullet's been moving back to safety yeah pretty much what kirby said with shut the hell up guys like we know what we're doing all right we wouldn't be moving someone to a position that he has no idea how to play so yeah bullard was bullard was recruited as a safety played safety he's fine 
What is it? The uh, it's not really a line, but the just the motion of uh, the, the guy from Waterboy, where he just points at his ring and just kind of shoes him on. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey yeah hey, hey hey yeah what yeah one of these. Got one of these? Yeah, one of these. Keep, right. keep moving. All right, let's head to the Marine South scoreboard. Last night in softball, Carrollton falls to Cedartown 13-7. Was not a great game for the Trojans. Um, Heard County beats Troop County 6-0, and Heard County and Carrollton will set up a match tonight at Carrollton that you can hear exclusively on Hometown Sports Media. Let's I will have go. a call for that. Uh, on the Smith's Four Coverings Games and Events calendar, we just talked about Carrollton um, hosting Herd. Bowden at Temple is tonight. That's going to be a fun matchup um, because Temple is Temple has been playing really good softball as of late. Temple is um, sneaky good in softball this year. Bowden number one in the state uh, via the coaches box, and Temple Temple is a very sneaky good softball team this year. They just beat a uh, who did they beat the other day? A very good team, um, Lamar County. A very good Lamar County. Lamar County team that I want to say was undefeated going into that game. Um, so that that should be a very good matchup tonight. Uh, Bremen is facing off against Cahola Creek, uh, which is not a bourbon. Rooster Russell. You sure? Um, yeah. <laughs> huh, Central like facing off against Heritage. Uh, Harrison County is at Fanning County, and Villarica is at Chapel Hill. Excuse me? In Chapel Hill. No, thank you. There we go. All right. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, volleyball tonight. Carrollton's at Villarica, and Hurt County is at New Manchester. We'll play New Manchester and Chapel Hill tonight. And that right. is your Smith's Four Coverings Games and Events calendar. Let's go, girls. Bill, you need another cup of coffee? Do, do I ever. Let's do it. Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Speed Real Estate Group. Uh, Angel Shohei Otani has elbow tear and won't pitch again this season. Oh, God. This is not what you want to see. Look, like, I'm a Braves fan through and through, but I have very quickly become a Shohei Otani fan. How could you not be? How could you not Dude, be a Shohei Otani fan? The kid's got, like, a smile that lights up the world. Like, have you ever seen the kid smile? Yeah. Kid yeah. smiles, and, it, you know, you can't understand him because he speaks <laughs> Japanese, but... He, he just plays the game hard and he enjoys it. So uh, God, I hate this for him. I hate it. I I hate to see it when any star baseball player gets hurt. Even Bryce Howard, as much as that might lose me, my Braves fandom card. Um, I don't now Pete Alonzo. I don't care. You can get hurt all you want. I hate you. Um, but anytime I see baseball stars get hurt, I always hate it. I always hate it. I always want to see, uh, baseball, baseball superstars be healthy and play. I don't know why. I don't know why it's just exclusive to baseball. Um, but yeah, th- this sucks, dudes. Shohei is one of the most entertaining players, if not the most entertaining player in baseball. He's great for the game. He's great for the Angels organization. Uh, and the fact that you see this elbow tear, and the fact, the thing that I'm worried about too is I hope this doesn't affect his price in the offseason because I want that young man to get as much money as he possibly can in the offseason. Get a massive yeah. contract, become a multi-bajillionaire you know what i mean amen brother yeah go make the money dude go make the money and i hope this doesn't affect that um come back uh bigger faster stronger the 49ers mole options after trey lance loses the quarterback two battle billy <laughs> <laughs> I was just, 
What's happening? What's going on out in San Francisco, dude? Oh my Screw. god. Screw Kyle Shanahan. I just I don't know um, what's like you have you have Mystery Relevant, who's now your starting quarterback, Brock Purdy, but we're not sure if he's gonna be healthy enough to start the season. So then we have Sam Darnold as our backup, and he beat out Trey Lance in the quarterback two battle. Trey Lance the guy that y'all put all your faith in like two or three years ago to be the starting quarterback out in San Francisco and be the next prodigal son in the Bay Area. What are they doing out there, man? How could you mishandle the quarterback situation this bad? What are they, the Cleveland Browns? You drafted him number three overall. Yeah, and now he's the, th well, that's kind of appropriate. He's now the third string quarterback. <laughs> Uh, let's see uh, who I'm trying to go back to that. Although Sam uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold was drafted number one overall. No, he wasn't. He was a first round draft pick, but he wasn't number one overall. And Brock Purdy was drafted in the seventh round. Mr. Irrelevant. It's a uh, dude. They, they could, they could not have handled this in, in a worse way. They, they could not handle this quarterback battle in a worse way. Yeah, that's, it's kind of, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> really, really tough. Uh, Billy, the ACC ramps up talks for adding Cal, Stanford, and SMU to the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Good for you, ACC. Just. Hey, why don't you Do add you... Hawaii in there? You know, let's get squirrely. You want a pat on the head? Does it make you feel good that you're adding Allen Stanford? At least, at least SMU, SMU's in Texas, right? Like I'm not going crazy there. I, I guess that's, you know, Texas sort of touches the Gulf Coast, so that's that's sort of Atlantic Coastal Conference ish. It's closer, yeah. Uh, but we have like Cal and Stanford. Well, those are on those are on the Pacific Coast. Are we we gonna to be, fair, to be fair, Pitt Pitt is nowhere near the ACU. The Atlantic Coast. That is so. that is very well. I mean, they're closer than, than Cal and Stanford. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, anybody they're, is. They're more Ohio Valley, I those suppose. I, I guess they're gonna change their name to the PACC, the Pacific Atlantic Coast Conference. Um, yeah, I college football is is absolutely insane right now with the with the realignment and everything. I I hate it, dude. I really, really hate it. Really do. Uh, and today in 1989, Pete Rose is suspended from baseball for life for gambling. He will never be in the Hall of Fame. He's a bad guy and doesn't deserve to go in. Garbage. Garbage. I hate it. <laughs> I do. I hate it. I do too. 30, 34 years ago. Dude. Bet on baseball as a manager. Get him in as a freaking player because he was a Hall of Fame player. I don't agree with this at all. E. Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame just as much as Eric Russell deserves to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Thousand percent agree. And I think you should be able to bet on your team. If you want to gamble on your team and you know bet for your team, you can't bet against your team. But if you want to bet just money line, straight money line for your team, I think you should be allowed to do it. I 1000% think you should be allowed to bet with your team. That just showing faith in your team, do it, dude. Bet on your team. I love it. Yeah, Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Bill, you got anything else to add today on a Thursday? Let's get out of here. Tomorrow's Friday. It's a football Friday. I've got softball tonight on the Hometown Sports Radio Network. Uh, be sure to follow. That'll be on the Heard County Braves Network tonight. Um, take first pitches at 530. For now, it's at 530. Yeah. Well, softball's been playing, so. <laughs> yeah. They've just been bumping theirs back. 
I think the past two days they've had just like 30 minute bump back. But yeah, stay stay tuned. We'll have it. They'll play tonight. It just might be might be a little later because it's supposed to get spicy tonight. It's supposed to get up to like 98, I think, somewhere around here, and then you'll have the whatever the actual real feel humidity heat advisory doodad thingy. So. I know there's air conditioning in their press box. I, uh, I know a guy you can text to ask. Yeah, I yeah. need to ask him. Yeah, if not, bring a window unit. <laughs> but for Billy Lindahl, Lind- <laughs> I am Bryce Farley. We will see you all tomorrow morning on a football Friday here on the Morning Five. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor! Just shake them! Shake your neighbor!